Welcome to the Morning Star Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to onthewakeupradio.com. Sign up for otwtube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on thewakeupradio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Okay, okay. All right, we here? We in here? Yeah, we good? We good, we good? Everybody's good, 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 good. Yo, what's happening? Adolf, that's a wild name, brother. That's a wild. And these days, this day and age, they have a name. <laughs> Thundercat, what's happening? Carrie, hey, Leah, hey, hey, hey. RC, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, handling, handling. All right, we here, we here. All right. Um. Mm, where do I go? Where do I go? Let's. No, wait. Let me see my news. Let me see my clippity clips. Where should I go? This is this is all just nonsensical stuff. Okay, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. Tennessee. Tennessee, new proposed bill will protect Tennessee's parents from paternity fraud. Okay, so this, oh shit, come on, I don't do this. Turn it back, there we go. Okay, so where we go? Rep, uh, Representative Antonio Parkinson's proposed bill will ensure that the actual biological father is listed on the birth certificate of the child. Now, so there's a case where five years later, he found out the mother had been unfaithful during the time they were together. He and the child took a DNA test. Results proved that he was not the father. Subsequently, the relationship ended. The woman then sued him for child support. In juvenile court, he presented DNA evidence to the magistrate and was basically told, somebody's got to feed him and it will be you. God damn. Whew. He was ordered to pay child support and found in arrears. Eventually, his license was suspended and he was pulled over and jailed for driving on a suspended license. Sitting in jail, he lost his job because he voluntarily signed and it had passed a five-year period to rescind the voluntary acknowledgement. He was deemed the legal parent. Through this process, the actual biological parent's child was stolen from him. So, uh, let's see. 
multiple reports state that one third of the signatures on birth certificates from unmarried couples do not reflect the biological father's name. That's far too high. One third, y'all. Under House Bill 2698, Senate Bill 1777, unwed fathers could still voluntarily sign, but in order for the birth certificate to be officially validated, the signer must provide the results of a DNA test to vital records. This will ensure that the actual biological father is listed on the birth certificate of the child. The Tennessee Department of Human Services, who oversees the child support program, is fighting vigorously to kill the bill. Why would they want to do that? Why? Because the department fears any changes in the enforcement rules could possibly jeopardize the $52 million in funding it receives from the federal government for its child support enforcement programs. It was never, ever about the sanctity uh, or what's best for the child. Never. Child support needs to be called something else. It was never meant for the, the, the child. Yeah, right? This is a crazy. This is crazy. 52 million mil from the government. Okay. In addition, in addition, DHS could also potentially receive millions more for reaching a quota of 90% acknowledged births with yet another bonus out there for exceeding the quota. This is insanity. So there is possibly a huge financial motivation to turn a blind eye to individuals blindly signing the VAP form. The DHS program actually aids paternity fraud by allowing unsuspecting putative fathers to blindly sign a a birth certificate without DNA proof of actual biological fatherhood. In fairness to DHS, there is a 60-day grace period to remove your name from a birth certificate. Also, a father can contest paternity in court where a DNA test will be ordered. There is a five-year period where one could go through the expensive legal process to rescind the voluntary acknowledgement of paternity, but they will have the burden of proving it was done fraudulently. Everything's placed on the guy. He has to spend all the monies to do the right thing. Oh, my goodness. It was after this five-year period where the young man I was talking about was locked in legally for blindly signing the voluntary acknowledgement of paternity. All of this can be remedied by simply requiring a DNA test on the front end to alleviate any challenges and potential emotional scarring for the child, the wrongfully accused father, the mother, and the rightful biological father. You always hear the words, do what's best for the child. And it's never the case. Never, ever, 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 ever the case. That's why I don't even debate women when it comes to child support. When I hear women talk about, yeah, take care of the child. Bitch, shut up. I, I don't. I refuse to entertain any rhetoric from a woman when it comes to child support. I refuse. Like, I won't even waste my, my energy on, on it. You know? Shit. Okay. Okay. Where are we going from here? Let's see what is this? Uh, do I want to do that? Okay, no, let's not do that. Let's do something else. Let's get into, you know what? I think it will be a slow burn across the country, but eventually all states will have some form of, you know, legislator legislation in regards to this. Okay. <laughs> let's do this. I kept hearing about, um, Terrence Crawford's mother. I heard everybody's take on it, but 
Um. Wait, wait, wait. I kept hearing everybody's take on Terrence Crawford's mother. And I'm like, well, how come nobody plays the clip? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear you paraphrasing. I want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, once again, I'm one of those weird people. I, I want to see and hear it. I don't want to hear just you talk about it, right? Like, I'm weird like that. And and no diss to, to guys that just talk about stories, but I want to see and hear from the horse. I want the horse to tell me. I don't want to hear what you paraphrasing. You know what I'm saying? So, um, this is Terrence Crawford's mother. And this is what she said, how she raised Terrence Crawford to be the fighter that he is. This is what her motivation was to make him two-time undisputed uh champ this is insane but i had to hear it from her mouth you telling me what she said it's cool but i want to hear from her mouth okay oh yeah 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 mother of the year award goes to you know terrence crawford's mom let's go take me back to your block that's where it all started at me going in the street putting on the gloves, me fighting in the alleys, just a typical bad kid running the neighborhood. What did you say when he was born? Okay, wait, before I let her speak. Now, everybody, I, I believe, okay, everybody's opinion is their opinion. But I, I believe every man, black man commenting on his mother is wrong. You're blaming the wrong person. Every black man that has made a, a comment commentary video about Terrence Crawford's mother, you're blaming the wrong person. You know who's at fault for this? In the end, in the end, is Terrence Crawford. This is Terrence Crawford's fault. In the end. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. I'll get to why this is Terrence Crawford's fault in the end. Let's go. Just a typical bad kid running the neighborhood. What did you say when he was born? I remember he came out with his hands balled up. Son, the son I wanted. His dad said, he, we got a million dollar baby boy. My dad used to tell my mom I was gonna be a world champ. I told him he wouldn't be She told him he wasn't gonna be shit. Now, once again, my opinion, it's a little bit different from everybody else's. I don't go with the, the, the typical response. I don't go surface level. I said, in the end, this is Terrence Crawford's fault. There's no way in hell I would let this interview have come out. You think I'm a... <laughs> this is Terrence Crawford's fault on so many different levels, but I'll address each one. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's Terrence's fault. In the end. In the end. Let's go. Terrence's father, your husband, shipped out. Mm -hmm. So now you're here with three kids. What was that like to you? If Bud was around the corner fight, somebody gonna come and tell me. I'll go around and get him, snatch him up, and bring him home. And? And he know what time it was. He got whooping? He sure did. What kind of whooping? An ass whooping with a belt. Tell me about Deborah and Terrence. Can you imagine 
how angry this woman was 20 30 years ago when these kids were little could you imagine how angrily and viciously she beat them kids a boy and two girls which means the boy got the brunt of the punishment i don't see her whooping the girls the way she would whoop the boy if she even touched the girls at all but come on complicated relationship man you know she has her own ways to motivate her son she has her own way of loving her son but they love each other man they two peas in a pot together you kept telling him are you never going to amount to anything did you really believe it something that i said to him i wanted him to be a man and don't be afraid of nobody that's a hard lesson to learn you're 12 13. yeah but he had to learn it how'd that make you feel it filled me with rage another angry black man we didn't see that one coming another angry black man hey fellas would you let your daughter date terrence crawford fellas would you let your would you sleep comfortably at night knowing your daughter is married to terrence bud crawford think about that for a hot minute would you sleep peacefully at night knowing this young man's backstory how he was raised and groomed and everything he was allowed to walk around with and every all the emotions he suppressed and probably still suppresses to this day would you sleep comfortably at night knowing your daughter is married to terrence crawford <laughs> let's continue and every time i step foot in the ring or anything that i ever did i just wanted to win so bad so i can prove a point to her how'd you think he did he did good because he was around here beating up everybody in the neighborhood i paid the kids i said if y'all can whoop bud i give y'all ten dollars a piece whoop now see and every everybody that commented on his mother all said this piece but it hits different when you hear the mother say it you know what i'm saying it hits different when you hear the mother say it i don't want to hear you try and reenact what she said it doesn't it's it's just not the same that's why i was like why why are these guys not playing what the woman said you're already playing music in your shows you're gonna get hit with the copyright what's the difference you're gonna get hit with the copyright <laughs> what's the difference i want to hear from the horse let's run it back so we got he ain't gonna be shit <laughs> she would pay the kids in the neighborhood to beat him up if they could right the worst motivational practices and teachings that you could ever do for a male child and she used abuse and terror and torture to mold him into the man he is fellas once again would you be comfortable letting your daughter marry a Terrence Bud Crawford. Come on, let's go. Pay the kids. I said, if y'all can whoop Bud, I give y'all ten dollars a piece. Can I whoop him? You went out on the street. Yeah. What's now? This woman put bounties on her kid. <laughs> this woman put a bounty on her kid, on her son. Come on. Bud Crawford Street. Yeah. And offered ten dollars. Anyone who can kick yeah. my son's. Yeah. Butt. Yep. And a lot of takers. Yeah, no kids in the neighborhood. Couldn't nobody whoop them. What did he tell you then? He told you, Mom, I told you I'm the best. What came first, the mean or the talent? 
think the meme came first. When I first started boxing, I just could fight. I couldn't box. All my coaches were like, he got heart. He ain't scared of nothing, he can fight. That's when they started teaching me technique and the art of boxing. A good deal of what you remember of your childhood was getting whooped all the time by your mom. And I was getting kicked out of school and doing bad. Okay, so here we come up with the part where he basically bucks back at his mother and tells him, uh, you are no longer allowed to abuse me in the manner that you're used to doing. As most teenage sons, they get to that point where the belt ain't going to work anymore. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I was the same way. I grabbed the belt and I was like, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. And sure enough, she called my dad and I was like, we're not going to, no. You can beat me up, but she's, no. These, these, just shit with this belt is going to stop. <laughs> she called my dad and I was, I, I was over there for about a week or two. And we had, a, we had a talk, but I was like, no more. I'm not going to do that anymore. I understand. And there's a lot of guys, they reach that point and in teenhood where there's other ways to discipline me. This is not the way. But let's continue. Let's continue. Things. I've been getting whooped. That just made me immune to pain. Explain that to me. Well, I, I was always getting in trouble. So I was always getting a whooping for something. So at a point in time, it just became numb to me. Well, it ain't going to hurt. It ain't nothing but a belt or something. First time it hurt, though. Yeah, I was a little kid. <laughs> and at some point, the whooping stopped. Yeah, I wasn't having all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because at some point, even the son's like, this ain't going to work. <laughs> you don't have no enforcer to, to back your law, you know? Once again, mother sets, it sets the word, the, the law, the father is the enforcer. That's pretty much it. Without the enforcer, the mother's word is not law. It means nothing. It only matters because you know you got dad to, to, to put a foot in your ass. Other than that, you're not going to listen to your mom like that. Let's go. And at some point, the whooping stopped. Yeah, I wasn't having all that. Yeah. He was 13 when he said, uh, Mom, you're not going to whoop me no more. He took the belt from me. Yeah. Okay. I grabbed the belt and told her, you ain't about to hit me no more. All that's out the window. I ain't yeah. going to whoop no more. Yeah. Did that change you? No. I think uh, I got more respect, you know, from my mom. He once told me I was... I'm not sure how he gets more respect for his mom now that he basically had to strong arm her into like, you know, you're not going to hit me anymore because now I, I don't see how that he makes a correlation. But okay. Okay, let's continue. Fighting for her approval, for her to tell me she was proud or happy, but she never would. So I stayed angry. Explain that to me. When she always telling you you're going to lose or you're not good enough or you're going to get your ass kicked or things like that so basically he wins in spite of his mother that's it that's the motivational tactic is that bud wins to spite his mother nothing more nothing less it's a very powerful dangerous uh motivational tool she uses that's very dangerous because once there's nothing left to prove then what then what is his motivation after that? But he he does he wins to spite his mother. We all know a bunch of boys like this. Let's continue. Like okay, when I win this tournament, she gonna say congratulations or good job or I'm proud of you. But it never happened. What he remembers is all those years wanting for you to say I love you. Yes. Yep. Yes. And you didn't do it. Now here we go. Her tragic ass backstory. 
once again, generational curses keep generationally cursing. Now let's get to her backstory. What's wrong with this heifer? Nope. I grew up not liking the word wife. I, I don't know. Never liked the hugs growing up as a kid. Never liked the hugs growing up as a kid. Okay. I never liked nobody to kiss me growing up as a kid, and it just grew with me as I got older. She hate that word. She said love is pain. Love is pain. Ain't that a Ja Rule album, Love is Pain? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Her support was in a different type of way, you know? It was in a negative way, but when I got older, I noticed that it was her negative way that pushed me to be great. You still trying to prove something to your mom? Yeah. No, I think I already did. No, nigga, no, no. You still fighting for mama's approval. Because hey, did y'all see how he took her in the ring and started dancing with her at the, after the Spence fight? Still looking for mama's approval. Stuff to myself now. You're a father to five. You never miss a game, an appointment, any of that. Even when you're here in camp. Why? That's my responsibility. Okay, I'm curious. He has five kids. I wonder how many baby mamas, because I, I know he's not married. Right? We got five kids. And I can almost guarantee you ain't married near one of the, these mothers. But let's continue. Come on. Generational curses. As they father. So these are his kids. Okay. Oh, just one baby. So why doesn't he marry her? So what's holding him up from marrying a woman? You got... I don't know. Okay, who's who's the dummy in this? The who's the dummy? Terrence Crawford or the baby mama? So you pumped out five kids out this woman. You might as well marry the woman. Or is the woman stupid for letting this man give her five kids without the ring? But then, you know, you got kids, so worst case child support. Worst case child support. Worst case He's still worth it. I hear y'all. I hear what y'all saying. He's married? Are you sure? Let me go look. Because why would you not reference your wife? Uh, y'all be using that marriage term way too loosely. I don't like that shit. It's Terrence Crawford. Yeah, it's Terrence Damn. Why would he not mention or reference her as his wife? Like, what the hell? Is Terrence Crawford... Here we go. Is he married? Even though they aren't legally married just yet. Okay, y'all can stop this nonsense. <laughs> the girlfriend is Alendra Peterson. So she a thick, she old thick country girl. Alendra Pearson. How many kids they have? Five. Right? How many kids does she bring to the table? Wait a minute. Okay. So they don't they don't have much. Let's see. Okay. They've been together since the early 2000s. So that's 20 years. They've been dating off and on for 20 years. They got five kids. What are we doing? It's not known what Pearson does for work. But she's often seen to point out she's okay. She's they have six kids together. They have three boys, Terrence Jr., T-Bud, Tyrese. They also have three girls, Maya, Talaya, Talaya, and Trinity. So we gotta stop playing with me. 
you mean to tell me y'all done, they done convinced y'all marriage is that bad so you rather give a woman five kids just marry you know what y'all got it y'all got it okay so they're not married okay she's worth having five kids but not worth marrying okay makes sense let's go makes all the sense and get those moments back why do you think being a father is so important because his dad wasn't around like he's around his kids that sounds like lebron james right lebron james who i don't need my daddy i don't need him but yet you didn't need your daddy but you you damn sure make sure your kids <laughs> have you funny how that works but let's continue when my child grow up they're gonna always remember yeah dad was always in training camp dad was always on the road with with boxing and other events but dad ain't never missed no birthday dad ain't never missed anything important dad was always there and that's what they're gonna always remember mom ever tell you what a good father you are yeah she she said it before yeah she said but a great dad Sometimes I feel like disappointing. Wish ain't never told you you're a great son. Right? What, what is this playing in the background? Help in that area. Oh. has made it really easy. Oh no! What is this? The medication conveniently. I order it. Uh oh! Hold up! Hold up! The fuck is playing in the background? What is this? Hold up! Something's playing in the background. I'm trying to find it. Something's playing in the fucking background. What the hell is this? Okay, it's going away. Wait, 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 wait. Let me get in these comments. Let me get in these comments. Once again, it's about, it's a fake argument about the government. I, I, it makes no sense to me. She's already in, she's already five kids deep into you. If y'all break up, she's going to the child support office. What's the difference? I don't understand that. Green lines test. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe later. I mean, they've been together since the 2000s, so she ain't gonna. She's not going anywhere. But I'm just saying, it just it doesn't. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. Yeah, keep the state out chip. You sign. Listen, when you have a kid, guess who you sign a contract with? The state. Right? For all those that like to push that argument, keep the state out your business. When you have a kid, guess who you sign a contract with? The state. What do you think the birth certificate is? It's a state contract. It's a state contract. Useless arguments. Useless arguments. That's insane. She didn't make a marriage requirement. That's on her, but shit. You might as well. She, she's into you for five kids. All right. You file taxes, states in your business. Your driver's license states in your business. What other state benefits do you get? You know, you're not getting away from the state. This, 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 
Oh, no, not marriage. Everything else with the state, but not the marriage. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to this. Hopefully nothing else plays in the background. What's the difference? Would you be Terrence Crawford, the champion we know, if it weren't for that dynamic with you and your mom? I think she just put the little extra fire, you know, on top of the fire that I already had. You made him champion. He made himself champion. Okay, that's the first smart thing she said in this interview. He made himself champion. I'm glad she didn't take credit for his success. Thankfully. Let's go. I'm just proud of him because he's my son. He don't want to pay. Wait, 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 wait. Listen to me. He doesn't. He don't want to pay alimony, I guess. Alimony in most states is five years. California. I mean, Florida just rescinded the the the, the lifetime alimony. Most states is five years. Come on, man. You got five kids with this woman. You have a baby. You have a brand new baby with this woman. If it goes left and she goes down to child support, you're, in, you're on the hook for the next 17, 18 years with the baby alone. What are we talking about? These are bad faith arguments you guys make for not getting married. Horrible arguments. Horrible. Horrific. And then I heard Jason Black go off on the one guy trying to make points for marriage. He was like, that's a lie. Married men don't live longer or don't make more money than single men. I was just like, you know what? You can't, I can't, you can't talk to a guy like Jason Black on, on certain instances. I'm not going to debate the merits of marriage to, an, to a single guy. To a single guy. Married men know what the benefits are for them. Period, point blank. Now let's get to another part of Terrence Crawford. Let's see how much he puts his family first before him. Okay, because you know the son is always tasked with replacing the role of the father and becoming a son husband. Terrence Crawford is a son husband, which I could probably suspect why he has yet to marry the mother of his six children. What mother in their right mind is going to let their son have six kids with a woman and not say, you need to marry this woman? Yeah, because you know, most women, most moms be like, you better marry that girl. She didn't give you two kids, but my mind break. Shut up. Marry that woman. That's at two. We're talking six. See, she's six kids deep. Let's see how, how much Terrence Crawford puts everybody before him. Like a typical husband does. Terrence Crawford is a son husband. She has no idea. Exactly. Kevin Durant, mama, Kevin, a uh, Kevin Durant, mama. Terrence Crawford is a son husband. Um, you know what? That's fine. He, he them kids will change. Well, listen, nothing will make a nigga change his uh, his opinion. It then child support. Okay. Once again, if it goes left, she's going to the the, the Department of Health and Child Services, and it's a wrap. Okay. Please don't let. Don't take what an athlete says serious when shit's going well in his life. Don't Terrence Crawford is not the one you want to take dating advice from. Where am I going with this? This this man has six kids with one woman. Nah, I, I'm good. There's nothing you could tell me about mating and dating, bruh. So 
Kevin Durant says he messed up with that black girl who was a, okay, okay, okay. All right, let's get to how how much of a son husband Terrence Crawford is. You ready? Because that's what he is. He's a son husband still. Let's go. Are taking care of us. My dad was in the military. Things that I really wanted to spend money on as a kid was probably some Jordans. <laughs> when we get a pair of shoes, that was our basketball. Going to school with shoes, that was our everyday shoes. When I actually started getting money from boxing, it was in amateurs. I was around 17. I was getting paid from USA Boxing, and I was getting paid from A to P, amateur to pro. They had a program to where they match what USA Boxing is paying you, so I was getting double. I was getting paid more in the amateurs than my professional fights. My first okay, professional okay. fight, I got $600. It really wasn't until probably my 12th fight that I got something over 2500 This is the details for my first big fight. All right, so this is what, this is basically, he's going to break down his first million dollars. And watch where the most of his monies went. It's very telling, but let's continue. Nobody gave me any lessons on finance. Nobody in my family ever had the type of money that I was getting at the age that I was getting at. Okay, so a typical black family that has uh, financial that's financially illiterate. Typical black family is typically financially illiterate. No surprise, but let's continue. I had to learn on the fly. I didn't surround myself with people that knew about money, knew how to grow money. Boxing is a short window. I had to start making smart investments. You heard how I made my first million. This is how I spent my first million. Okay, let's go. Erica, this is for you. <laughs> this is for Erica. My house. 145, so we got... Let me say 150. So I got 150. It was a four-bedroom. Right, he bought his house for 140. Him. His house, 140. Now, mind you, this man has six children. Okay, now I'm sure he's probably upgraded since since this came out, but just pay attention to what he spends the most money on. Let's go. His house had just been built in Omaha, Nebraska. It was in a new development neighborhood, and I was searching for a house for months and months, and I just couldn't find the one that I wanted. Come up to the house, and as soon as I went in the front door, I knew it was the house. I bought it on the spot. That's the house I still live in till this day. Okay. That's the house he still lives in to this day. Six kids. Okay. He spent 150 on his own personal house, his own personal home for him and his family. Okay, let's go. I bought my truck, 80,000. It was a pickup truck. And my grandpa always said, every man always need a truck. In case he need to move. Then I bought myself Denali. I think that was about 85 yeah so i bought two vehicles okay nothing wrong with that like that's you know everyone every boy deserves his toy yeah you gotta you got, got buy yourself gotta treat yourself okay come on let's go my truck i got it everything done to it from the dealership the top of the line undercoated i only had it for probably a year and a half before i traded it in <laughs> i bought the building for my gym Okay, now this, I like this. Now, this is where you know he's getting financial advice from somebody that's probably not black, but let's continue. BNB is at right now for 100000 BNB is a nonprofit organization. It's a gym that me and my coach Brian McIntyre founded. We wanted to 
have something that we can call our own. And- okay, his trainer's Bo Mac. That's what we call him, Bo Mac, because he's a big, fat, obese. His trainer's obese. Brian McIntyre, Bo Mac. He's like one of the laughing stock. He is a laughing stock in boxing, to be honest with you. But nonetheless, you know, his his pupil, his star pupil is one of the best to do it. Um, okay, so they bought a gym with a nonprofit. That's commendable. I like that. Let's continue. Let's go. Where we can do things our way. Brian had the vision and he convinced me it turned out greater than I ever could have imagined. I can't stand you right now. That's a hundred for the gym. For years, we didn't actually have the money to have. Okay, so the gym was a hundred grand. Rings and the bags and we were just renting half of the building. Once the owner passed, his wife, she sold us the gym because she said she would like for us to have the building. She donated 25000 back to the gym. We wow. donated a ring for her late husband, and we named the ring after him at the gym. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, I like this. Now, let's see how much he spent for his sister's house. Not one sister, but two sisters. I think I believe he has two sisters. Let's see how much he spent on their homes. Yeah, Old Mac is a, is a fat what's the character on, on, on um, Austin Powers get, Mr. Get In My Belly that's how big Bo Mac is fat bastard get in my belly like he's that big Bo Mac is that big how, how are you in the sport of boxing with a star pugilist and you're a fat ass it makes no sense to me but it's not about Bo Mac let's continue I just started investing I started buying houses I paid 250000 for one of them I got it built from the ground up Okay, who you get this house to? It had caught on fire and it was vacant and I just bought the land. Okay. He bought a land, he bought the he bought a vacant lot for six grand, had a house built on top of it for two fifty. Who did you get this house to, sir? For six thousand dollars. And then uh building a, a house there. That's on Terrence Buck Crawford Street. Okay, who, who I believe real estate is the way for me. I ain't making no more land. Somebody's getting paid from us sitting in here. Okay, so nobody got that house. That's an investment piece. Cool. Grandma, let's see how much <laughs> is in the same city. Uh, apparently so, yeah. Omaha, Nebraska. So let's see how much he spent on grandma's house. Remodeling my grandma's house. We, don't know we got the trees don't cut know. down in the back. We got the siding. We got the roof. Top, bottom. Redone. It's probably more than that, but... How much you spend for grandma? I spent $80,000 remodeling my grandma's house. Okay, he spent 80 grand to, to remodel grandma's house. Okay, I'm okay with that. Erica, are you okay? Omaha's $2. Oh, you know what? I'm gone. I'm gone. Erica is, is probably not liking the, these expenditures, but let's continue. Okay, the other sister's house. How much did he spend for this? I bought my other sister a house. I spent. Can I look at my phone? Yeah. <laughs> now, how much you want to bet he spent more money on his sister's house than he did for his own personal house with his for his own family? How much you guys are willing to bet he spent more money on his sister's home than he did for him, for himself? Let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna say two sixty. I spent two hundred and sixty thousand on my other sister house. He spent two hundred and sixty thousand dollars 
for one sister's home. His own personal home, he only spent $140,000. This man has six children. Terrence Crawford is a son husband. Period. Point blank. I don't care if he can knock me out. He's still a son husband. I bought myself a house, my sisters a house, my grandma a house, bought the gym, bought me two vehicles for my family. I believe that's what I did with my first million dollars. I'm not mad, but the nigga's a son husband. Okay, you're right, but now let's see. <laughs> and then let, let's see in 10 years, you know, if he, if he decides to not pay the property taxes, will they still be able to maintain the upkeep of these homes? That's another problem with this. Buying family members' homes, that means you're stuck. Are you going to keep paying the property taxes? At what point do you wean your family off? At what point do you wean your family off and say, hey, okay, now it's your home. Now you're in, you're in charge of the maintenance and upkeep. Uh, if the water heater goes out, if the AC goes out, if it needs to be uh, re-roofed, that's on you. Property taxes going up this year? Oh, well, it's your home. You understand? That's what I don't like. Because I'm more than sure he's still paying for everybody's property taxes, maintenance on, on these homes. You know what I'm saying? She said Omaha is $2. Oh, my God. You know what I'm, you get what I'm saying. Terrence Crawford is a, a son husband. Shout out to him, though. He, he, he persists in spite of his mother. That's a beautiful thing. All right. Okay. Where do we go from here? Let's do this. Thank you. I thought that was a good point as well. Because at what point do you stop? At what point do you say, hey, it's yours now? Yeah? Okay. India. Indians. American Indians. Does anybody, has anyone seen this? This, this, um, this for me is kind of bittersweet because I, I think about, since I, I, now that I see this, now I'm like, damn, Kendrick was like, anywho, look at all the Indians that are in charge of all these conglomerates. Yeah. Is, is anyone aware of these people? The only two that are missing is the guy that's running for president, the Republican candidate. I forget his name. The only, that's the only person missing from all this, but look at all these these companies being ran by Indians. Red dot, not feather. Yeah, that's his name, Vivek. He's the only person missing from this list. So let's go over this list, shall we, real quick. So let's go from left to right, the very top. Vasant Narishman is no, Novartis. Thomas Kirian uh, runs Google Cloud. Punit Rinjin runs Delot. Davika B runs Ogilvy. Ravadi Advadi Flextronics. Arvid Krishna IBM. R. Rugaham is v VMware or VMware. VMware. Anaji Sood. Vimeo. Laxman Narishman Starbucks. Ravi Kumar Cognizant. Sanjay Mehorta, Micron, Sundar Pinchai, Alphabet, George Kirian, NetApp, Sandeep, Kataria, Runs Bada, Armpali Jin, OnlyFans, 
Um, I'm Polly Jen runs OnlyFans. An Indian. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Jay Shree Ulal, Arista Network, Lena Niar Chanel, Narasha Wayfair. Isn't it Wayfair where they the 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 <laughs> the cabinets with the children? <laughs> Vivek Sankaran Albertson's companies. Nakresh Aurora, Palo Alto, Shantamu Naran Adobe, Satya Nadella, Microsoft, Raj Hamana Hamana, FedEx, and of course we have Neil Mohan, YouTube. Listen, listen, it, power oozing silence. Red dots over here whooping somebody's ass on. On the economic front, you think these people are worried about votes? Hear me out. Hear me out. You think these people are worried about elections, primaries, runoffs, debates? You think these people give a fuck about who who's the president or not? I'm just asking a question. I'm still bugging off old girl that runs OnlyFans. I'm I'm Polly. I'm Polly Gun. Listen, I would have to call the wife. Listen. This chick runs OnlyFans. Let me do this real quick. You you understand? The wife would have to fall back and she'd be like, you know what? Okay, go do what you got to do. Thank you. Okay? <laughs> I did not know this. I did not know this. I, the, the OnlyFans thing throws me off. Now, the ones that I did know about, because everybody knows about YouTube, because, you know, us YouTubers... We keep we keep a, a breast on that. I knew about Neil. I knew about Micron. I knew about FedEx. Uh, I knew about Vimeo, and I knew about Ogilvy. The rest, I was like, I didn't know. Yeah, these people not worry about elections, y'all. These people not worry about what Trump is talking about. These not these people not worry about Sleepy Joe. You understand? They're not worried. They're not worried about Tim Scott. Ron DeSantis. They're not worried about Disney losing money. You know what I'm saying? They're not worried about this shit. Okay. I did not know that. The more you know. The more you know and learning is half the battle. Alright, let's get some let's get to some hip hop old heads. Where is Psychopathius? Somebody go get Psychopathius, because he's one of these hip-hop head junkies uh, not respectfully respectfully but psychopathias please stop trying to convince people that hip-hop is greater than what it is does anybody know who this man is yeah yeah tony come on man i got to i got to keep my feet on their necks okay does anybody know who this man is this old man Does anybody know who this old man is? This is how bad hip hop heads going out. Hip hop heads down so bad. It's not even funny, y'all. Yeah. One of the best to do it. MC Shan. MC Shan. Had MC Shan not responded to KRS-One, there would be no KRS-One. The bridge is over. 
had MC Shan never responded to KRS-One, there'd be no KRS-One, okay? I need y'all to understand something because back then in hip hop, if somebody called you out, you had to respond, no matter how big or how small. So the spirit of competition was alive and well with these old heads. So when KRS-One called out MC Shan, MC Shan had to respond and then thus a star was born, the master teacher, right? But <sighs> come on. No, he ain't sick. He just he just need he needs a dental plan. Come on. But I fuck with you on that lowly hip hop scale, nigga. You ain't even where the fuck I'm at. Guess who he's dissing? Take a guess at who he's dissing in this rant. This man has no teeth. Okay? This hip hop elder, hip hop statesman, this man has no teeth. Psychopathius. Sir, why does why does MC Shan have no teeth? Psychopathias, how come one of the hip hop's elder statesmen has no teeth, sir? Why does he have no teeth? <laughs> Why does he have no teeth? Five mics, 12 mics, eight mics. I don't give yes. a fuck. You could have 50 mics. I don't want to touch none of them bitches. This man has no teeth. How you worry about Nas and you have no teeth? This is Manosphere 1.0. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is Manosphere 1.0. Sirs. What are y'all talking about? You have no teeth. You have no teeth. Nas ain't thinking about you. Yeah, he's just a Nas in this, in this rant. But let's continue. I see a microphone. I'm running from the hole because a nigga going to ask me, Shan, how much for 16? Thank you. Goodbye. This man Stop has fucking no... with me, man. And leave that. Sh this man has no teeth. Now after that, now after that, guess who we ran into? You talked all that smiggity smack with no teeth. Now what happens when Manosphere 1.0 meets up with Manosphere 2.0? You get this. Look, that's what I mean. The olive branch has been extended. Talk this shit. Love that motherfucker right He said the olive branch has been extended. Sir, this man could help you get some teeth. Manosphere 2.0 ain't tripping off 1.0. Y'all out here looking and sounding bad. 2.0 is when the money came in. Manosphere 2.0 is when the money came in. And everybody lost their minds. Yeah, that's all I can say. I love you too. <laughs> and I, I got in my feelings and I apologize to my brother like a real man. man and you see up. us here, right? Appreciate y'all. Hip-hop old heads, just, just go off. Just go off into the pastures, man. Ain't nobody checking for y'all. Nobody's going to miss y'all. Y'all, nobody's missing. going to miss y'all. I'm sorry. No. There will be no huge flowery tributes. You're not gonna be on a summer drink, jump, summer jam screen when y'all pass on off into the net to the nether world. Ain't nobody checking for old heads. Y'all did it to yourselves. Y'all did it to yourselves. 
how old is MC Shan? 57? And you still trying to rap? Man, if you don't go sit down in the nurse, there's a nice spot in a nursing home for you. Okay? There's a nice, cozy corner building, cor- corner room for you in a nursing home. Go get, just get the hell out of here, man. Okay? Nobody cares about these old heads. Yeah, only eight years older than that. It's terrible, terrible. Come on, somebody go ask psychopathiasts, watch MC Shan running around here with no teeth in his mouth. Why? There's no hip-hop dental plan? You know what this reminds me of? Sadly, the old heads from the NFL. This remind MC Shan reminds me of the old heads from the NFL. Just no type of health insurance from the NFL. Remember, the NFL was like, y'all old, go away. And the old heads were like, we're sick, we need help. You know, it's like that episode in Ballers, the fit the final season, when Strasmore was trying to get the pension extended to the old heads. Because they couldn't afford to take care of themselves. Right? Remember they sued the NFL for health care and pensions and all this. Because these guys are all busted and broken up. Yeah? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All those old heads. All the Dick Butkuses, Mean Joe Greens and... I mean, even before then, you know, when they was playing with the, when they, the helmets were leather, they discarded all those old heads. Had they not sued and won, they'd have discarded them like trash. Like guys, you know, get out of here. You're making too much noise. Okay. (sighs) Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to just, uh. Yes, 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 yes. If you want to get your kids in the sport, get your kids in the sport with a strong union and a, an, a, an excellent health care after they're done playing. Football is not it. Now, shout out to everybody that plays football, and I get it, I get it, I get it, but I would never push my son to play football. Horrible health care options when they're done playing. Horrible, a weak, weak union. Extremely weak union. Okay? Extremely weak. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, does anybody know who this is? Now nah, I'm, I'm gonna go off the rails for a hot, a hot second. Does anybody know who this woman is? <laughs> does anybody know who this woman is? Ah, this is old girl. This is the, uh, that motherfucker's not real. This is her, apparently. (laughs) That mama in here not real. (laughs) Hey, I ain't gonna front. She looked decent. (laughs) She looked decent. She looked, this is not no damn Jennifer Lopez. Hell no. She looked decent. I'm going. Hi, everyone. It's me. Tiffany Gomez, probably better known as the crazy plain lady. Tiffany Gomez, Gomez, is that is that is that some Hispanic in you? 
Is that Gomez? Clearly, that's a no. That's a Spanish. That's a Spanish name. Gomez is Spaniard. Cause I knew a guy who was a Spaniard. His last name was Gomez. So she's she's got Spaniard in her. Okay, come on. Which is completely warranted. As you know, I have been unwilling to speak on the viral video, but I do finally feel that it's time. First and foremost, I want to take full accountability for my actions. Okay, look, if she texts me, I'm going. I'm not going front. If she texts me, what are you doing? I'm on my way. They were completely unacceptable. Distressed or not, I should have been, I should have been in control of my emotions and that was not the case. If she texts me, I'm My going. use of profanity was completely unnecessary. And I want to apologize to everyone on that plane, especially those that had children aboard. Can't imagine going through that and trying to explain to your kid what in the world just happened. Hey, she says not real. He's not real. We all have our bad moments, um, some far worse than others. And mine happened to be caught I'm going. on camera for the whole world to see I'm multiple sorry. times. I'm going. Sorry. Try not to sound it's okay, baby. Mouth. Take your time. It's okay. I'm with um, you. I'm with you. Well, it has been really comical for everyone, um, and I have highly enjoyed so many of the memes. On the flip side, it is very invasive and <laughs> unkind, and I don't know what I would do without the love and support of my friends and family. They are loyal <laughs> to a fault, and I don't know what I did to deserve them. Yeah, I'm going. Um, sorry, y'all. I hope that I can use this experience and do a little bit of good in the world. And that is what I intend to do. I'm I going. hope that you guys can accept my apology I and I can apology. begin to move on with my life. I got you. Yes. Let's see her feet. <laughs> Does she have nice feet? <laughs> yeah. I want to see her feet. <laughs> <laughs> Apology accepted. Okay. Wow. Hey. <laughs> what? What I'm just saying. You want me to be honest, right? That's why y'all come here for the, 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 the too much transparency, right? If women with nice feet can have whatever the fuck they want. Period. It's really just that simple. Okay. Where do we go from here? Oh boy. Okay, let's do this and then we'll get into Obama. So I'm on Reddit because, you know, Reddit is what Tumblr used to be. Reddit is what Tumblr used to be. You know, and, and, and Reddit's been in the gym. Let's just say that. I won't say Reddit is what Tumblr used to be on steroids, but I will say Reddit is definitely in the gym. Reddit is definitely in the gym working out. Okay. <laughs> she saw something. That motherfucker is not real. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany Gomez, we forgive you. It's all right. We just want to see your feet. That's all. Okay. Okay. Yes. Reddit is every yeah, Reddit is what Tumblr used to be. Used to be.
Okay. All right. Let's go. So, I thought this was a cap. I thought this guy was uh, was joking, but he's a real deal. I'm going to get into it. So, here's how they help these scrolls change their voices. You know, this is how they, you know, are able to have such range from top to bottom, you know, octave scale and stuff. But here's what this is what they do. My name is Dr. Abby Mendelson and I'm a board certified laryngo 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 laryngologist. Yeah. Yeah, laryngologist. Anywho, specializing in voice and throat disorders. One area of my practice that I'm particularly passionate about is helping transgender women find their voice through vocal feminization surgery vfs vfs is a procedure that alters the pitch resonance and quality of a person's voice for many of my patients it's an essential part of their transition that helps them feel more comfortable and confident in their self-expression are y'all paying attention are y'all paying attention this is nothing new. They've been doing the, this gender inversion since the 1930s. More than likely half of the starlets from the 1930s more than likely were men. Okay. They've been doing this thing for a very, very long time. Let's continue. Each journey is unique and it's an honor to be a part of it. I understand that this is a very specialized and often misunderstood area of medicine. I'm here to share my knowledge, dispel myths, and answer any questions you might have about VFS or my experiences in the field. Questions could be related to the surgery itself, the recovery process, the impact on patients' lives, or even how one gets into this particular field of medicine. My aim is to promote understanding and empathy for the transgender community. And for anyone considering a transition, please feel free to ask me anything. Let's start the conversation. Now, this is him. Oh, he's for real, for real. He's a real, he's a real board certified laryngologist. Look at all, look at all what he does. Laryngology, head and neck, cancer surgery, transsoar, robotic surgery, sleep surgery, celandoscopy, uh, gender affirming care. LA, of course. Dr. Mendelson is a fellowship trained laryn laryngologist, laryngologist or throat expert. He has transferred complex university level and minimally invasive surgical approaches to the available within the Los Angeles community. Dr. Mendelssohn has been on the forefront of the advanced techniques for conditions of the mouth and throat, establishing one of the largest surgical volumes on the West Coast of transoral robotic cancer surgery, celendos uh, endoscopy and hypoglossal, hypoglossal nerve stimulator implantation surgery. His undergraduate study was in biology, graduating magna cum laude with a bachelor's of arts from Yeshiva. Uh oh, Yeshiva University. Them people. Well, you should have known by the last name Mendelssohn. He them people. Let's continue. In New York, before attending the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA, 
During his time in medical school, his research focused on voice and throat disorders, taking an extra academic year to study the treatment of spasmodic dysphoria voice spasm. Uh, he went on to complete his residency in otolaryngology, head and neck surgery at UCLA, and was recognized for his high level of teaching as chef or chief resident. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Following his surgical residency, Dr. Mendelson received fellowship training in laryngology at the UCLA Voice Center, where he studied the endoscopic surgery for voice and airway disorders. He proceeded to travel abroad to receive fellowship and training in transoral laser surgery and transoral robotic surgery at the University Catholic de Louvain in Ivoire, Belgium. Dr. Mendelssohn also served as staff surgeon in the Division of Head and Neck Surgery at the Veterans Affairs Medical Center of Greater Los Angeles and volunteer staff surgeon at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. <clears throat> okay. Let's do this. Let's get to the com- I'm trying. I'm curious. Let's get to the comments. Is that it? Let's back out of that nope let's get out of here let's do let's get to the reddit i want to see the comments you want to get to the comments okay here we go here we go okay what does the surgery entail what's the recovery period he answers oh he's in this thread answering questions uh let's see check out a longer conversation about this on youtube but briefly the day of the surgery the patient will come into surgery where IVs place general anesthesia given a surgery requires approximately 60 to 90 minutes and patients go home the same day. The discomfort is relatively mild and is best treated with Tylenol and Advil. The most important thing about the recovery process is the voice rest. Different surgeons uh, request different lengths of voice rest, but for our patients, I ask for two weeks of complete voice rest. So no talking at all for two weeks, he says, correct. Absolutely no talking or whispering. We want to try to limit coughing as well, but it's impossible to avoid altogether. Okay. Okay. Let's see, let's see. As far as I know, the only trans femme professionals working currently are either singing in their original change voice voice part or trying to learn to be counter tenors which can often be near an impossibility for people who uh, with otherwise service serviceable careers have you ever done vfs for a singer professionally or no was it successful and if you have not or it wasn't or it wasn't successful do you see it as a possibility in the future he says i have personally performed vfs on about six or seven professional vocalists in this very small sampling i am confident that they all were exceedingly happy about the gender affirming outcomes in their singing careers continued quite well. However, they all reported some change of their vocal technique and singing comfort zones. As such, we will need more time and experience to really understand how to offer a gender affirming surgery with no effect on the singing process. So you got some people out here right now <laughs> that are running around here, not claiming who they put out to be. So you got some singing scrolls out here. You got some singing scrolls out here. Okay. 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 You know what? Let's see. 
Is it possible for someone to lose their voice entirely during their surgery? He says, I have seen disastrous complications performed in other operating rooms, including complete vocal cord scarring after this surgery. But it's important that we as surgeons remember that it's more important to focus on safety and have a small percentage of cases which could use a revision then go for the aggressive approach and risk these types of catastrophic injuries. Yikes. Okay. I'm just keeping y'all up to up to up to speed on what's going on, okay, with the scrolls, scroll nation. Okay, scroll nation is here. Okay. Scroll nation is here. Last one. Does GCS have a categorized description such as you described? My experience was that some companies were much more willing to accommodate trans surgical procedures. He says, at least here in California, there are a good deal of policies and coverages which approve vocal gender affirming care. The issue that we are currently dealing with is that although policies and regulations are approving the care, that does not result in the company reimbursing for the necessary surgeries. As such, there is an unfortunate need to have a shared cost policy for this surgery. Patients who have the need to travel outside the country, places such as South Korea or Colombia to achieve their care are asked to pay the entirety of the cost of their care plus cost of travel. While shared costs are often still extremely burdensome, we are confident that we are improving the accessibility and availability of these critical services. Man, listen, you better get your money. You want to, you want another source of income, another industry to get into, get into the scroll in the industry. I know it sounds crazy. I, I know it sounds crazy. Get into servicing, supplying, working with the scrolls. This is an untapped market. I know it sounds crazy. But this is an untapped market. Okay? The scroll industry is booming. Get you a check while you still can. All right? Okay. That was interesting. Now let's get to the story of the night, the day, depending on where you're at. Obama. Now listen. Are we really surprised at this point about Obama? Like seriously? Like, seriously, like we all knew this. We heard the story, the bad houses in Chicago is infamous. Right. And then Michelle comes out saying, I never gave birth. I had, I don't oh know. She said, I didn't have natural birth. She had in vitro a bunch of times. If you believe that story. Okay. All right. So let's get to it. <laughs> you know, and then Obama had a few former the lovers, you know, no longer here with us to confirm or deny, right? Um, <laughs> you, listen, do not judge. What's the saying go? Don't judge. Do not look the gift horse in the mouth. If you can make money off these people, do it. Did you talk about Chris? Yeah, I did not get into Chris. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. If you can make money in the scroll industry, you'd be crazy not to. Like, seriously. If there's a chance for you to make money in the scroll industry, you better do it. Okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, there she is. What's happened, sis? Okay. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. Okay. 
Is it done? Is there going to be music playing? Is it? I hope not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> A then 21-year-old Barack Obama wrote to ex-girlfriend Alex McNear in November 1982 of his own androgynous mind and making love to men daily but in the imagination. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Let's continue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> according to the redacted portion of a now notorious 1982 letter obtained by the Post, the more than 40-year-old letter to an ex-girlfriend resurfaced after Obama biographer David Garrow gave a long and winding interview on the one-time commander-in-chief. You know what? How long do you have before David is found face down in a pool of water? How much longer do you think David Garrow has on the clock? Is David Garrow now on the clock because of this? Will David Garrow somehow find himself face down in a foot of water with three GSWs to the back of the head with his hands tied behind his back? <laughs> David Garrow, this was not smart, bro. You don't put yourself on a serious, ser in serious peril. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. In regard to homosexuality, I must say that I believe this is an attempt to remove oneself from the present, a refusal perhaps to perpetuate the endless farce of earthly life. You see, I make love to men daily, but in the imagination. Obama then 21 wrote to Alex McNear in November 1982. David Garrow, leave the country, sir. Yeah, he three GSWs to, to the back of the head from uh, an 18, a 16 inch AR-10, AR-15 with his hands tied behind his back, somehow propped up <laughs> with the suppressor on it. <laughs> David Garrow, leave the country, bro. Or a, yeah, car accidents, pretty popular. Car accident, you know what I'm saying? They got so many ways to hit you up with it. You know, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. This was the ex-girlfriend. Uh, they dated while he was attending, well, they were both attending Occidental College. He says, um, <laughs> my mind is androgynous to a great extent, and I hope to make it more so until I can think in terms of people, not women as opposed to men. But in returning to the body, I see that I have been made a man and physically in life. Hold up. Hold up. Bobby Hemmett spoke on this. This is where it gets spooky. Everybody, aluminium. Let's go. This is where it gets spooky. Let's pick this apart. Let's, let's think a little deeper here. Okay, let's not think surface level for this one. This is very, very deep. Okay? Because if we're souls, yes? Do souls have a gender? Do souls 
have a gender right we're we're you know we came here to have a human experience yes right okay i'm asking the panel do souls have a gender they do S souls have a gender roscoe says yes Barrow says, I don't know. Yes, souls have. How do y'all know souls have gender? Four dimension and lower have. Uh, souls have a gender. I've never heard that. How, 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 how do they have gender? You're a soul. Succubus and incubus. Y'all really believe souls have gender? That's interesting. That's interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I, I I can't see how. How would souls have a gender? What what is you guys' basis for that? I'm just asking because I, I I want I, I like the, the the dialogue. You know, while I'm doing that, let me find that clip of Bobby Hammett. When he was talking about androgyny and, and bisexual people. Bobby. Let me find that. Because that shit threw me off for a minute. And I was like, what? He's wrong. But now now reading this from Obama. Now I'm like, okay, I can see why, why someone would say that. Um, what was the title of that video? Wow, Bobby Hammond talks bisexual people. Here we go, 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 here we go. Now he talks about the gate. Okay, here, okay. Now this is Bobby Hemmett's breakdown on homosexuals and bisexuals being gatekeepers in the spirit world. Once again, I, I'm trying to, I want to understand how y'all believe that souls have a gender. Okay. Let's continue. Let's go. Let's go. This is good. Keepers and the gatekeepers in the aspect of the homosexuality are just a gate. And when you first see this, you go, oh, man, that's a bullshit. But then again, on the other hand, if you just study the history of us just being in this country. Okay. Some of the people that was key in our revolution and liberation was gay or, you know, bisexual. Okay. Bayard Rustin comes to mind. Uh, Langston Hughes comes to mind. Hey, Langston Hughes comes to mind. The whole Harlem Renaissance that was basically a cover for black gay, uh, black gay excellence. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. So, this means we need to look real close into this type of thing and say, um, because we're not talking about religion here. Religion, you know, tells you all this. We ain't, we're not into this right and wrong and do and don't because we don't know what a motherfucker do in their bedroom. It's so personal. So really, it's really a stupid question for you to try to regulate what a person do in private. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? When you really look at this type of thing, you know, when you really look at this type of thing, and, and I had to really look at these things because what we're dealing with now, we're dealing with this goddess, Venus, which is a god of the heart chakra. So they don't deal on morality and these social structures. They deal on what motherfucker got the light. And it's interesting here because... We're asking the question. I'm asking the question. Do souls have a gender? 
I'm I'm referencing Bobby Hemet to kind of back up my point that souls do not have a gender, and this was spawned because of Barack's statement in that memoir book, right, where he said his mind is androgynous, and it it, it just got me to thinking like, do souls have a gender? I can't recall in any book text doctrine where they said souls specifically have a gender. Because if you're a soul, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter, right? Only the meat suit is gender affirming, right? There's people like, and I say, well, I say, let me, let me think about this because it was, it was, um, it was Kwame Ture, he said that the, the white gays, because everything is political with them because they're trying to get a political structure. They came to him and said, we want you to head up um, the gay thing because some of our people getting killed with the gay bashing. He said, well, I can't do that. He said, why? He said, because that's not my culture. They said, what do you mean by that? He said, look, we knew that James Baldwin was gay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he was helping us in the struggle. Right, right. And nobody tripped because when the shit came down, black people was humane enough to go say, look, sure. does that shit really matter? Mm-hmm. Right. See what I'm saying? Now, if you get into this religion, that's mind control. Yeah. You're dealing with a doctor that somebody put, you know what I'm saying? He said, so that ain't our thing. He said, we don't have no problem like that. You see what I'm saying? Uh, we went now, and I said, well, that's interesting. James Baldwin. Then Byron Rustin. Here's a man who basically was the architect of the whole March on Washington. Not only that, people don't understand the rules. Thank, Barrel, thank you. Excellent, excellent point. Yes. Uh, Obama saying his mind is androgynous does change the dynamic. I wholly agree. I wholly agree. That's, that's you know, there's there are some people that truly feel you know uh soul wise they have the soul of a of the opposite gender i would never dismiss or discount that there are people really like really trapped in the wrong body i believe that i've never come across any text that said souls have gender i've never seen anything where souls have been portrayed as a manly soul or a, a, a feminine soul now a spirit is something different let's not confuse a soul with a spirit now you can have a, a a manly spirit you know do things to you and you be like this felt like a man or you can have a, a female womanly spirit do things to you be like that felt like a woman right spirit and soul two different things i'm talking about the soul I'm talking about the six ounces that leaves your body after you pass on. That aspect of you. Let's continue. Let's continue. He had to train Martin Luther King. All the same people. He had to train them on how to go into Mississippi and Alabama and not get killed. Because this so-called gay person did it 10 years and 15 years before in the 40s. When it was unheard of. This was before he even killed Emmett Till. He was going down into Mississippi and Alabama doing protests. And he had to show them how to go in... This is the man who taught Martin yes. Luther King. Uh, yes, the, 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 yeah, Disney, Jamie Foxx, the soul movie. Even though this one soul was voiced by Ellen DeGeneres, they were all androgynous. Nobody had nothing until they went down to earth through the portal to where the body they were supposed to go into. Only till then where they were a gen- and had a gender. But when they were up in there chilling in, in the purgatory, everybody, you couldn't tell me. Everybody just, just is. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's continue. Let's continue. All right. I go into Alabama, Mississippi, right. and not get their ass killed. Mm-hmm. And he's a gay man. 
So you got to look at that and say, well, man, what the Spirit is saying about this? The Spirit is saying, look, this shit here is not about what a person is doing physically. It's about who got the light. So when the Africans, they were talking about the gatekeepers. Okay, here we go. The gatekeepers, they say, it's supposed to be bisexual. Now, this is when I heard this clip. I was like, he's bugging. I, and even un, until I read this from Obama, I still to this day thought Bobby Hemet was wrong in his assessment about whatever the case may be. And then Corlock, um, let me see what you say, what you say. All right. If you and your relatives are in heaven, they will recognize you, which means your gender is part of it. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. That's if you believe you still take your humanly form into the next realm. Well, if you're a soul, why would you need to take your human form with you? Right? I'm sure a soul can recognize another soul without the human aspect of it. You understand? But I could be wrong, but let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. And what Maladoma Tomei is saying, and all it's also in the Voodoo Gnostic Workbook. Um, it costs about eight hundred, about four, five hundred dollars. You know, right the internet now, now. Uh, you order it. The Voodoo Gnostic <laughs> Workbook. The gatekeepers. And I'm heterosexual. The gatekeepers. They were saying was people because they're having a bisexual nature. They were able to see things from another perspective. You see what I'm saying? And so now, coming from religious training and all this other shit like this and all. Yes, you can find a lot of things that I ain't with all that kind of shit, but when you look on the spirit realm and on this realm where they're talking about the, this new goddess where they, it ain't based on what you do physically and how you, it's based on what your heart is. Okay. Then you got to understand that when they're talking about that, they're talking about there's a reason why they got them as a certain amount of gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. And so he talks about those type of things, and I think it's got something to do with a certain mind and energy. And the reason why I say that is this here. You always got to look at what a woman would do, not what a woman is trained, but what a woman would do. Okay. Why is it that the women... Some of their best friends was gay. And can nobody answer that question as to why that is? For the longest, women have always aligned themselves or, you know, been surrounded by with gay, gay folk, gay, gay men. No one can like point to this is why. Right. It's always been like that. But let's continue. Have no problem hanging out with no gay man. Mm -hmm. Now, with us, it's a social thing or whatever type thing here, all this kind of thing here. But the point I'm trying to make here is, in the spirit realm, you see what I'm saying? They don't look on, they look at this light. And what light is awakened. So if you get into judging, making judgments on people, it's just like in the movie, and, and the reason why I say that is this here. It's just like in the movie, um, um, Star Wars, when they told him he wanted, he wanted him to go, uh, Luke Skywalker to meet Yoda, the Jedi Master. And when Yoda came, he was a little old, short little thing, living a shithole, eating stew. And he judged him at first and didn't know this was the Jedi Master they're looking at. And that's the way the spirit realm does. And there's a reason why they will send somebody in your path that is not the conventional way of what you think the spirit is because the simple fact is they're trying to get you to look beyond the physical or the apparent. Okay. So the gatekeeper thing is on that particular uh, level and all. They talk about this and, and they talk about this in, in, in Maladon, so amazing thing. They talk about it in a lot of African cultures as well as, um, um, like I say, the Voodoo Gnostic Workbook by... Um, Michael Berlio or something like that. Voodoo Master Workbook. They talk about the whole gatekeeper things. Okay. Now he I talks gotta, about the gatekeeper. I got to check. I got to check that book out. The Voodoo Gnostic. I'm going to have to get that book. Voodoo Gnostic Gatekeeper book. I'm definitely got some homework. This is a fascinating topic. I'm not going to extend it long, but 
why we're why we're here is because of what Obama said. Now I look at Obama in a whole different light. Okay, so I'm not above I'm not ab- above the realm of possibility that there are people that have the soul uh, in them of the complete opposite gender. I am not above that. I'm not above that. I would never discount that. It's a very real possibility. So this is what got us here. He says. My mind is androgynous to a great extent, and I hope to make it more so until I think I, I, I can uh, until until I can think in terms of people. So he doesn't see people per se. He says not women as opposed to men, but in returning to the body, I see that I have been made a man and physically in life. I choose to accept that contingency. So there's no struggle for him. He understands his assignment. So already at 21, they've been giving him knowledge. Even at the age of 21, they already been giving him knowledge of what, what it is. He understands him being a soul being. He's here to, for a certain assignment as a male. Doesn't mean he still doesn't partake in whatever but his, he, like he said, I chose to accept that contingency. I see that I have been made a man and physically in life. This is some deep shit. This is some deep shit. Do, do not sleep on Obama. <laughs> this is deep. This is deep. I look at Obama in a totally different light. You've never heard any any public figure speak in this in this regards on this level. Okay? This is some deep shit. Extremely interesting. If if at anything it makes you think. Okay? Even at the age of 21 he understood. Let's continue. Let's continue. Um McNair, who dated Obama during his year at Occidental College in Los Angeles, later redacted the salacious paragraphs, which the Pulitzer Prize winning historian Garrow hunted down and included in his tome, Rising Star. The letter is currently owned by Emory University, which doesn't permit it to be photographed or removed. Instead, Garrow's friend Harvey Clear transcribed the paragraphs by hand and sent them to the author. What does it say? Dear Alex, your call gave me a boost somehow. Okay, you know what? I, I don't know. I'm not going to do this. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Here we go. Okay. Your call gave me a boost. Somehow a clutter of numbers and appointments and bills had grown over your last letter. Hearing your voice was like discovering a passage in a book I had read a while ago. It struck me, so I underlined it and discovered that it still applies. Um, it, it still applies, still still strikes a chord. A dangerous thing, this forgetting, uh, I don't know what that is, or an extension of my current occupation. Curiously enough, I've emerged as one of the promising young men of something international so he already understood he was he was special 
They already get, you know, like, look, we're going to groom you. you. We got big plans for you. They had a 50-year plan for this man. They already had a 50-plus-year plan for this man. And they were just giving him bits and pieces at the age of 21. This, this guy knew he was destined for greatness. It's the, uh, the Adjustment Bureau. Matt Damon. It's the Adjustment Bureau. Okay? It's the Adjustment Bureau. Matt Damon. Need I say more? Y'all talk about selections. People are selected. There's your proof. So y'all still worry about this goddamn Trump DeSantis nonsense. These people have been selected. These people have 50, 60 year plans since birth. Since birth. Okay. Okay. Man, bruh, if you have to ask. <laughs> Black screen. Uh-oh. Are we good now? We good? Okay, we good? Let me check on my on my end. I ain't trying to get in trouble. I'm trying to I'm trying to be cool. Let me see. Dun, dun, dun. All right, we're gonna get to Chris Brown versus Black Eyed Peas, courtesy of Club Fortune. Then we're gonna get up out of here. All right, I'm good to go. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Okay. Yes, the adjustment bureau is a deep movie. Everything and in his life was scripted, planned. The people in and out of his life, planned, scripted. All he had to do was just do what he was told, follow the path they laid for him, and he would have been one of the greats. But he chose love instead. Phenomenal movie. That movie went over a lot of people's heads still to this day. Still to this day. You haven't seen it? Bruh. Yes, go watch the Adjustment Bureau. Okay, Obama told, he laid it out at the age of 21. They already told him, hey, something about you. We got big plans for you. All right? Okay. All right, all right, all right. All right. God damn it, that was, that was, you know, I'm going to cut that and make it its own video because that shit there. Shout out to Bobby Hammett, you know. I know he, ever since he, you know, had his stroke, he's like, I'm done speaking. And he, I know he's that still down in Atlanta. His woman is taking care of him. He's making a recovery, but he's, he's done lecturing, man. He's done. He's done. So. Oh, let's do this real quick. The real Super Mario. The real Super Mario. Mario Sagale. This is the guy... That Super Mario Brothers is based upon because he owned a building that N Nintendo was renting out and Nintendo fell behind on rent and Mario gave them an extension. And as payment or as a thank you, they named one of the greatest video game anthologies after this man Mario Sagale this is who Super Mario Brothers is based on this guy here because he gave them an extension on on their lease in the build for the building he was they were written from him okay all right now let's get to 
okay black eye okay black eyed peas for me is a no-brainer when it comes to chris brown because i listen let's just run the numbers man let's just run the freaking numbers shall we let's just run the numbers listen even chris brown at his peak couldn't touch these guys i'm sorry so let me put this up real quick chris brown at his peak could not touch the black eyed peas for me this is a no-brainer but i got time i got time (laughs) at one point black eyed peas transcended hip-hop they were bigger than hip-hop they were like not even hip-hop they were just pop stars all right let's go through the numbers let's let's run their numbers uh sales sales on tour they tour they're still on tour that's good um okay hold up i got p album sales we're gonna run these numbers and and shut this shit up Oh my gosh! Ah, uh, this this is this is yeah. This this will be this will be over in five minutes. <laughs> this will be over in five minutes. <laughs> this will be over in five minutes. <laughs> this gonna be over in five minutes. You ready? Here we go. The Black Eyed Peas have sold an estimated eighty million records. It's, it's over. <laughs> An estimated 80 million records, making them one of the best-selling groups of all time. They were ranked 12th on Billboard's 2000s Decade End Artist of the Decade chart and 7th on the Hot 100 Artist of the Decade. 80 million records. Uh, come on, give me the numbers, y'all. Give me the numbers. There's a chart somewhere. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I like to see numbers. This is what I like to see. All right. This is what I like to see. Let's deke it out of here. All right. Black Eyed Peas 2005 Monkey Business. 7.8 million records sold. Elefunk. 2003 7.755 million records the end 2009 7.3 million records this discussion is over but i'm going to humor you guys for a couple more minutes but this is a this is a dead conversation this is a dead conversation of course Let's continue. Let's continue. The beginning. 2010. 2.025 million. Now. Here's where things kind of fall fall off. Translation. 150,000 copies. Regeneration. The remixes. 2006. 10,000 copies. 
bridging the gap in 2000 that was 7500 copies okay so here's their sale sales by territories so at one point a million in Australia 1.7 million in Canada 1.6 in France 700,000 in Japan this is a this is a this is this match is over you know this right okay 4.2 million in the UK and 11 million in the US alone 11 million in the US alone okay let's see holy cow okay oh boy oh boy all right let's go let's go let's go um platinum in argentina for monkey business elephant platinum six times platinum in australia four times platinum australia one times platinum australia for the beginning gold 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 in austria platinum in belgium two times platinum belgium three times platinum in belgium hey brazil 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 gold 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 platinum for the end seven times platinum in canada six times platinum in canada five times platinum in canada four times platinum in, in denmark one uh, one time platinum in denmark diamond in france diamond in france again one time platinum gold twice in france one time platinum in france germany two three three times platinum germany then we got a gold and another platinum come on yes come on, stop this shit. let me go into group let me see chris brown's numbers okay let's do chris brown yeah this ain't even close okay let's do this chris brown's first album chris brown 2.199 million copies sold the next album exclusive was 2 million graffiti was 362,000 fame i love the fame album that's my favorite chris brown album like no no cap did 872,000 in the u.s 200,000 in the uk fortune did 465,000 x did 400,000 royalty did uh, 360,000 heartbreak on a full moon i didn't even i didn't even know this album came out heartbreak on a full moon okay that was 2017 jeez uh us 100,000 indigo this is the one y'all kept saying oh a guidance that was streaming but let's continue us 84,000 copies sold breezy 5,000 copies let me see let me add this up two two that's 4.1 4 4.4 um shit five point 5.2 5.3 um 5.4 5 5.6.7 six million roughly six million how many albums is this one two three four five six seven eight nine ten albums roughly six million sales and 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 albums sold roughly 
We're not counting streaming because that's whack. Okay. We don't, we're not going to count the mixtapes because mixtapes don't really do anything. All right. So roughly 6 million album sales. Hell, we'll, we'll say 7 million album sales for 10 albums. Let me get to these comments. This ain't even a contest. <laughs> How do you estimate record sales? What do you... Okay, I'm gonna let you go with that one. Man, listen, there was nobody touching Black Eyed Peas on that that second and third album. Okay. Yeah, they were international superstars. They were international superstars. Black Eyed Peas at one point were internet. They were rock stars, man. They were rock stars. Okay. And I like Chris Brown, but this is Black Eyed Peas. Okay. I don't think Breezy ever topped his first album. I think Fame is his best, his best work. He's mature, coming into his own. He was doing some some writing. I think Fame for me is his best album. You know. What if I told you Kevin Campbell would beat the rhinestones out of Chris Brown in the verses? Stop. Stop it. You're trolling me. Don't, don't, don't do that. No, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Okay. Chris Brown still an international super... Ooh, brother. I don't know about all that. Is Chris Brown still an international superstar? That's debatable, man. That's debatable. I don't know. Superstar? Superstar? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't I don't know, bro. I don't I don't know. International superstar. I I don't know about that. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know about that, bro. You gonna <laughs> you gonna lose me on that one, bro. All right. So these are the updated numbers. Okay, these are updated numbers. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, these are updated numbers. Good. I like this. I like this. Updated numbers. First, Chris Brown was four point five. Fame was three point three. So we're at five. When is that? Seven. Okay, we'll put eight. Eleven. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18, let's say 19, to be, we'll say 20. All right, so with this updated sales, we'll say 20 million in sales. We'll say up, this is updated, this is 20. Okay, here we go, 18 mil, I was close. 18 mil in the US alone. So I was close, 20 million. This is the updated list. So he's currently at 20 million worldwide. These guys are roughly 20. <laughs> These guys are roughly at 80 million. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's no comparison. That's no comparison. That was fun, but no, let's not do that. Y'all putting too much on Chris Breezy's shoulders, y'all. Y'all putting too much on that young man's shoulders. Women not rushing to see Black Eyed Peas or Chris. Yo, Black Eyed Peas 
like their international fan base because a homeboy what's his name apu is he what is he what is he he's something he's east islander or something i mean they got the perfect demographic you got fergie the white woman you got the asian dude you had apu he's an islander and you had will i am the fast you got the fast furious demographic right there chris brown can't can't compete with that they have every major demographic overseas in that group okay Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Isn't Black Eyed Peas a different job? I mean, they were initially a hip hop group, but they transcended. You know, that's the beauty of it. Like, once you transcend hip hop, you go international. It's you're a pop star. They're both pop stars, but Black Eyed Peas is a far bigger pop star than Chris Brown ever will be, ever will be, ever will be, you know? It's not so much two different music. I don't know. Yeah, in the beginning, Black Eyed Peas had hip-hop roots, but they make music for the world. So, that, of course, your music is going to sound a little different. You know, but Chris Brown has sonically has not changed his sound in 10 years. He still sounds the same. He doesn't experiment like he used to. doesn't take any chances with the music. He hasn't done anything different. Okay, he's Filipino. See, there it is there. You got a black, Filipino, an Asian, and a white woman. See, you're not going to touch that. You're not touching that. Okay? Yeah. Hey, I saw no. Thank you, bro. You inspired this. Yeah. You know, so pff, listen, Black Eyed Peas ain't got to do shit ever and just tour off this off their old albums. Chris Brown can do it the same as well, but I guarantee you Black Eyed Peas will do bigger numbers. They'll do bigger numbers and get more dates than Chris Brown would. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So I'm gonna get out of here. I think I'm approaching my 90 minutes because my daughter, uh, daughter is like going to be like, she's timing me right now. So I'm a shade under two hours. Um, I think I cover everything, but I'm going to chop the Obama spiritual part of it. Cause I think that's a fascinating topic, uh, fascinating position that he, he even at the age of 21 for him to realize and recognize and, and, and accept. Um, so I, I look at Obama differently now. I don't look at, it, it's just, it's more than just him being the the first black gay president per se, but on a spiritual level, like he understood, understands his assignment. And I thought that was very, very telling. So, um, yeah, I'm going to work on that edit. Other than that, I'm going to get out of here. And uh, so, yeah, Chris hasn't changed. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Y'all, y'all hear it. That record he got with Sierra t- shit 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Brown hasn't elevated his music. It's the same. You know, so it's all good. With that being said, love and light, y'all have a good night. Peace.